Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi everyone, welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. I'm Rav and with me is the lovely Lottie. Hi. Lovely alliteration that you've done there, Rav. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? You're looking very cute. I love your outfit today. It's because I told you I dress like a toddler today, isn't it? (laughs) That sounds kind of creepy, but no, I didn't mean cute in that sense. I just really like the, what do you call that? Is it like a pinafore? It is a pinafore. Yes, you are correct. A pinafore and a skivvy. I like it. It's very, even though it's wintry and Melbourne is always known to dress very like dark, it's like a little pop of colour. Yeah. I don't know if I'm into it, but I thought I'd just try it out for today. But um, to that point, Melbourne has hit a cold snap and it is freezing down here. I've got like three dunas on my bed. Yeah. It's been like that here as well, but I imagine nowhere near as cold as what it's been like for you guys in Melbourne. For us, the rain has has kicked off again and sorry to be boring you guys with the weather but it's only been a couple of short days since we last spoke to you guys or we last recorded anyway so it feels like not a lot has happened but with the same token a lot has happened how are you feeling after your first ever podcast appearance Lottie um I feel like fame no longer eludes me (laughs) so humble uh, I, you know, I try, darling, I try. Um, I feel good. I'm obviously very new to this world, but, um, yeah, excited to, I guess, 
I don't know, get further and further into flag as I realized with, with our acronym today um, with you. Yeah, just a little insight onto what Lottie's talking about. So we've got a shared doc that we both work off and we're putting in our ideas and for ease of use, I've just put flag on there instead of fight like a girl because I'm lazy. And Lottie finally connected the dots and she was like, oh my God, I know what flag means. <laughs> I was like, is it flag like a red flag? Is it flag like a stake in the ground with a piece of material? I I was just like, I had no idea. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh. I also love that you thought red flag to begin with. Honey, we are the green flags. We are not the red flags. That's true. That's true. We are the green flags. It's uh, it's those people we meet off the dating apps that are the red flags. It is, but that's not what this episode is going to be about today. Um, We were planning on doing a fun and light episode, weren't we? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there's a lot happening in the world right now that impedes on some basic human rights, doesn't it, Lottie? Yeah, there is a lot happening. And I think um, we decided at the end of last week that we would focus on the Roe v. Wade case being repealed in the U.S., And what that looks like and the implications that that is going to have on the wider population in America. And then obviously us, because Scott Morrison's been an absolute dickhead about this as well. And um, it's it's just a very scary time considering this case is 49 years old. It's um, petrifying to think that we are going through this again. Isn't it insane that we take things like this for granted? I mean, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but it's like when you've been given a right, you don't think it's going to be taken away from you like this again. I think you raise a really good point. And it's, it kind of reminds me of when you speak to other people and they say, I don't believe in feminism or I don't need feminism anymore because I have all the rights that I need. Mm. And it's like, oh, no, honey, people fought for centuries for you to be able to live this life. You need feminism because as we may well see, this can be taken away. What's next? Are women going to be told that they can't vote? Like we shouldn't be going backwards. But no. anyway, you know, we'll obviously get more into it. For anyone, I think most people are pretty across this, but for anyone who doesn't know, you know, give us like a quick rundown on, on what's happened so far. So before I get into that, I just want to um, have a bit of a disclaimer. We are constantly learning and trying to educate ourselves and for the sake of this podcast, we will not be using gendered terms like male, female. We'll be using terms and phrases such as people who can get pregnant, people with uteruses. I feel like that's the wrong plural for uterus. I was just thinking that. Is it uteri? I don't know. Can you uh, urban dictionary that for me, babe? (laughs) (laughs) And in that vein, um, we will also be using the term people with penises. As a quick recap, we are currently living in this age where the US Supreme Court are looking at repealing uh, Roe v. Wade. Now, what has happened is the Supreme Court in the States has a Republican majority, no thanks to Trump. So overturning Roe v. Wade will hand the power to legalise or criminalise abortion back to the individual states. So access to abortion will no longer be a protected federal right in the US. Now, this is really, really scary if you think about it because there are a lot of, I mean, we only have, how many do we have, like eight states and territories? 
there's obviously 50 in America of various yeah. degrees of progressiveness, various degrees of conservatism. And it's scary to think about what, what that could look like from a state-based perspective. And mm. I think we've already heard some rumblings about it in the last sort of couple of years, and I'm by no means an expert on the um, on the subject at all, but I know that Texas has been going through quite a lot. I think I've been reading things like in Texas they want to make it illegal for any person to get an abortion, anybody that has aided in that, so taken them, driven them to a clinic, taken them to the doctor, the doctor, all of that sort of stuff. So it is really, really scary. So the reason why the Supreme Court in the States are looking to overturn this decision is because of a majority decision from Samuel Alito, I hope I'm saying that correctly, who wrote that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences. But for, and far from bringing about national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey, Casey v. Um, Planned Parenthood is a separate case. We don't discuss it in this um, podcast, but by all means go and do some additional research. Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. And the justice then goes on to say, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It is time to heed the constitution and return the issue of abortion back to the people's elected representatives, which means we're handing it back to the states. And as we mentioned previously, the divided America is great. Mm. The divide between conservatism and, you know, liberal forward thinking is, um, it's deep. It's very, very deep. And this is a bit of a hangover in the Supreme Court from Trump as well. So when, from my understanding, from when, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and wasn't replaced with another Democratic judge, this is how we ended up in this situation. I remember hearing about that and the implications that it would have if it wasn't a Democratic judge that was going to be replacing. RBG, yeah. And it's scary. And it's scary to think that those things are being felt so soon, so quickly, mm. because apparently this decision was made in February and it's been leaked. Ugh, there's just so many things that make me so uneasy about all of this, just even hearing that, mm. the fact that there's these decisions and conversations that are being had without the input of the people that it directly impacts. Yeah. As a person with a uterus and a person who can get pregnant, who identifies as a woman, this is petrifying. Like this is uncharted territory. It is something I never thought that I would ever experience in my lifetime. I am acutely aware that my rights and privileges can be taken away at a moment's notice, but this really brings it home. Mm. To think that, you know, I could accidentally fall pregnant for, um, you know, in a matter of ways and not be able to take care of it in the way that I see fit is scary. Mm. And to have somebody else dictate that to me is, again, something I didn't ever think that would happen in my lifetime. You know, you always think of society as moving forward and progressing forward and this is going to take us back 50 years. Literally. Literally. Feels like some handmaid's tale shit, I've got to say. Oh, it does. So... What implications does this have for people who have a uterus and who can get pregnant other than just being unable to access a safe abortion? So in Louisiana, they're already trying to enact legislation that considers abortion homicide. So they'll be punishing the mother, medical professionals, and anybody else that's part of the process. But what's scary is that this law and when they consider to be conception to be, which is the 
the microsecond of conception when the sperm meets the egg, they consider anything beyond that to be homicide, which means that accessing specific contraceptions, including the morning after pill or plan B as they call it in the States, will then be criminalised. I'm really struggling to get my head around what the motive is here. What's the end goal? Control. Well, it's obviously control. It's, you know, you spend every day of your life thinking about, you know, the implications of living in the world as someone who identifies as a woman or somebody who identifies as female and what that looks like, which is now I can't have, I can't have sex and take the morning after pill. Like if a condom breaks, what happens? Like you, you're doing all the right things. You're having safe sex. You are doing everything you can to stop this, but sometimes contraception fails. Mm. It's funny, Rab, I know you grew up in Queensland as well, but I grew up on the Gold Coast, so really close to the New South Wales border, and we have a similar um, a similar setup in Australia. So the states decide on the legality of abortion in Australia, and I remember one of my friend's sisters had to be driven down to Tweed Heads to have an abortion because abortion was illegal in Queensland at the time. This is the mid-2000s. Um, part of my dog just flapping his ears around in the background there. And I thought I could, I remember what it was like when it was illegal and you're Mm. petrified. You're just like, what would happen to me if I got pregnant? Am I going to get arrested? Am I going to be sent to prison? What are they going to do? Because I think the fines were considerably hefty back then. And you think we've done, we've progressed so far as a society that I now have to go back and worry about this again. It's mind-boggling that this is even happening. Yeah, I, I can't even. I'm. I, this doesn't happen to me, and I'm struggling to find the words for it because it's just exactly what you said. Like as somebody who has a uterus, who could very well find myself in that situation, to think that me taking care of that situation, whether that be deciding to go through with a pregnancy or not deciding to go through with a pregnancy, having that choice taken away from me, it's almost like being handed a death sentence if you can't actually take care of that child or you go down a path of trying to take care of the situation yourself and end up jeopardizing not just you know the the unborn child but your own health as well it's just the implications that this would cause are just astronomical absolutely and to your point this isn't about stopping abortion this will just stop safe abortions Mm. and this is about control this is about removing our bodily autonomy about taking away our decision our ability to make decisions for our bodies and even for our bodies to be considered wholly our own so if you think about it like it robs people who want to access abortion the right to decide whether they have the resources to have that child. So, and we've had the freedom to be able to make those decisions on behalf of our situations, our our economic situations, our family situations, our living situations. And taking that away is just going to further put people into poverty. Like you think about it, like you accidentally fall pregnant, you don't have the resources to have a child, Mm. be that money, the ability to provide shelter. There are so many factors that push people to have an abortion, factors that Mm. are quite frankly no one else's business. And taking that away is, you know. I find it so ironic that this is coming out of the same country that protested for so long at the start of the pandemic and throughout the pandemic about my body, my choice. Whatever happened to that? Yeah. 
I know. And I keep seeing all those memes pop up on Insta and Facebook where people are rightly outraged that this is happening, saying if you protested for your, you know, your bodily rights during the pandemic when we were rolling and we had vaccine mandates, which we still do, yet you won't protest and you won't fight for this. Like that is hypocrisy 101. But back to my point that I was making about like taking away that bodily autonomy and the like the decision or the access to the decision to decide whether or not you can provide for this child. If you think about it, it just keeps these people in a cycle of poverty. Mm. So this is a country that doesn't have mandated parental leave. They don't have a great welfare system. So people that have these children or are forced to give birth to these children, they're not able to access childcare. They're not able to access employment because of that. So how are they supposed to break this cycle of poverty? Mm. They can't. So what ends up happening is it becomes about control. It's classist as well. Like it's keeping people who are experiencing these circumstances, it's keeping them there. It gives them Mm. no room to try to break that cycle or, you know, provide for themselves or provide for a family in the future. It just keeps them trapped in this vicious, vicious circle that they can't get out of. You were living in America right now and you were living through this and you found yourself in a situation where you happened to be living in a state that criminalized abortion and you found yourself in a situation where you needed to access one, what would you do? I um, am fortunate enough to be able to have the funds to leave the state to be able to access a safe abortion. That's what I would do. If I wasn't in a position to be able to access that, if I didn't have the funds to do that, I don't know what I would do because it's a reality I've never had to consider up until now. How does it make you feel if you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who found themselves in a position where they couldn't financially support themselves to, like you said, get out of the state to access a safe abortion? Yeah. How how would that make you feel? Yeah. I like, well, you know, just when you asked me that question and I took a pause I was just thinking, like, what would I do? It's sickening. It's it's honestly sickening because yeah. I've I've every single I've been you know just want to also commend Lottie on the amount of research that she's done on this episode as well. Most of the I guess information that I've come across is through secondhand sources, whether that be through other media channels or. I know Instagram is is really going off about this, which I, I love the power of social media in situations like this um, in just building awareness around certain issues. So I have been consuming a lot of information via those channels and every single time I come across a new piece of information, I stop and think about how it would impact me if I happened to be one of those people that it impacted that couldn't access a safe abortion and found themselves in the states that was criminalizing this. And honestly, I can't relate. The only thing that it brings me back to is almost feeling like you're in like a third world country that still, you know, doesn't let women drive, for example. Like Mm. it just completely goes against the notion of a country that so many other countries look up to. America, exactly. It's, Mm. it's, 
it's just appalling. There's there's no other words. It's just so appalling, and it, I honestly just have no words, and am so. I just feel so privileged to be in a country as much as we harp on about how much of a dick Scott Morrison is. Both Lottie and I are, are sitting and looking at this from a place of, you know, great privilege. Mm, and absolutely, I, I just feel for every single person that this is going to impact. And I really just hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's mind boggling. And to that point as well, like the privilege that we get to experience and almost sort of weaving that back to what I was talking about, or, you know, the cycle of poverty, the states that this impacts are the states with the highest poverty rates as mm. well. I read something that was quite eye-opening and quite, um, it just made me go, whoa. What this does is keeps people in a cycle of poverty and stops them from being able to access positions of power. What do you mean by that? that it stops them from accessing positions of power. The article that I'm talking about that I read was written from a feminist lens Hmm. where it obviously talks about, you know, people who are having these pregnancies being in living in poverty, living in a cycle of poverty that they're unable to break out of. So they're unable to seek education. They're unable to seek employment and therefore they're not able to go into positions of power where they can impact change. Or they can mm. change. I'm trying really hard to not talk about the gender divide in the mm. workplace and in positions of power here, because I think that it's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more complicated than that. But you think about it, like it's hard to do anything when you are stuck in that cycle. You are just living day to day. You don't. It's hard to think about what life would look like outside of that if all you're doing is just trying to put food on the table. Mm. I know you said you didn't want to talk about the gender divide, but let's just look at this from a lens of people who have penises for a second. And if what we're trying to do here is prevent unplanned pregnancies again why does this onus fall on people who have uteruses right in in making sure that they're not ending up in a position where they find themselves in need of an abortion Mm, i think that's a much greater issue one that we'll probably discuss on a dating episode when we're talking about why like protection and all of those things that are, you know, like why is there no male pill? Yeah, but I mean, you know, you made a really interesting point earlier about the criminalization of abortions almost, you know, falling to the point of conception. So anything that's terminated beyond that, whether that be accessing plan B, is 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 a criminal offense according to what if if this was to be overturned. So why are we not offering vasectomies instead? Vasectomies that are pain-free because they have a local anesthetic that are completely reversible. Reversible, exactly. This is what I meant, but I don't understand what is the goal here? Is the goal to stop pregnancies? Is the goal to, I I don't agree with this, but to, you know, what they call it, homicide? It's not at that point in time, if you're having a safe abortion according to medical recommendations on, Mm. you know, the, the, the point in time that somebody is able to have an abortion up until safely from a medical lens, I don't think that it's cast as homicide at that point. However, if we want to look at it from that lens, fine, get a vasectomy. Don't even let it get to that point. Mm-hmm. It's. I completely agree with you and I think it's, you know, this 
really weird dystopian world of religion blurring with politics. And I remember, I mean, this debate's been raging for years, but what is considered human life? is what it Mm. comes down to as well. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And you're right. Like, firstly, why does the onus for contraception primarily fall on on women? Mm. What is the end goal here? Is it to prevent death? Then that's when it comes down to, well, what constitutes life? When is it viable? Or is this some sort of sick, fucked up way that we control people's uteruses yeah, or people's ability to, you know, be pregnant. And I hate to say it, but as someone who falls into that category, it feels like it's the latter. Yeah. Because if this was, to your point, if this was really about stopping abortions, then we would see more advertising for vasectomies. We'd probably have a male pill by now. Yeah, we would have more education around preventing pregnancies. Yeah, absolutely. That is directed at people that have penises rather than, I always feel like contraception advertising when it comes to the contraceptive pill, always, always targeting people who can fall pregnant, Mm. never targets men. I once had a boyfriend who refused to pay for it, like refused to like go splitsies in it. And I was was on an extensive one. Mm. Um, But then when we're talking about like condoms or something like that, it's always oh, so sexy and it's so thin and no one can feel it. And it's it's never just about the facts. It's never just like this is how we stop pregnancy yeah. and stop abortion. Never thought of it that way, especially with when you've just made the stark contrast between the pill and condoms and the way that they're marketed. I know that you're on the pill. I have been on the pill before and I was on the pill for a very long time. And similar to you, not just my boyfriend, but my husband, I remember looked at me weird when I said that I was going to buy the pill out of the joint account. And I was just like, are you kidding? But on top of that, it's like, I know how different I feel having had come off the pill after being on it for so long. And I, everyone, you know, is entitled to their own opinion and what they want to do. I personally don't ever want to take the pill again because of how much better I personally feel. That's been my experience off it. And you know what? Like, why are people not talking about that? Because I know I'm not the only one that has had that impact. And why are people not talking about ways to improve the experience for people who do have to take the pill to prevent pregnancies? like you said but no all of the focus is going into how to make laser thin condoms like yeah creating those what would you call them laser thin condoms that are you know for pleasure more than they are for like the prevention of pregnancy and things like that and I know that that's just a marketing shtick but it's certainly directed at a a group of people can I just say also sometimes make it easier to stealth which we will talk about on another episode yeah oh 100% But I think the, you know, the overarching um, conversation that you and I are having is that the onus is always on the owner of the uterus. Mm. It is always on the person that's getting pregnant and very rarely does it fall to the other party, yet it's generally the other party that's policing our bodies. I hate to say this, it takes two to tango. Why is it all on us? And why are we the ones that are constantly being punished for it? And I just, I can't see any other reason than for it to be controlled. So we didn't really think it was right to add in a fun segment in this week's episode. The uh, the issues that we've been discussing have um, hold a lot of weight and there's a lot more gravity in the situation than we can probably ever imagine. So 
that's why today's episode is sort of covered off that in whole. However, we did want to end on something a little bit lighter than what we were discussing. And I think we're going to quickly talk about something exciting that's happened to us this week. So Rav, I'll pass the mic to you by the uh, MacBook screen. Well, not to be corny, but my exciting moment has to do with you. (laughs) Oh my God, me? (laughs) Me, Um, little old blonde girl at the end of the... uh... At the end of the screen. My birthday, for those that don't know, but I feel like only our friends listen to this podcast, so you all do know. Um, (laughs) It's my birthday in July and I've had two really shit birthdays because of COVID and I'm sorry, I don't mean to complain. I know there's a lot of people that fall into that bucket, but for me, both birthdays were literally in the middle of lockdown and I live alone, so... Yeah, I kind of was spent two years feeling sorry for myself. So this year I was a little bit like, I don't know, I'm so scarred from planning two things that just never happened. So I was a little bit, I guess, scared to plan something or call it like a birthday plan. So it's funny because every person I've spoken to about this is like, oh, the weekend away for your birthday, that's not really for your birthday. So as you guys know, Lottie doesn't live in Sydney and a lot of my other friends do. And we, yeah, we're planning a weekend away towards the end of July. And I really wanted Lottie to come. And Miss Globetrotter over here has so many plans to travel (laughs) that she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to make it or not. And she's just confirmed she's coming. So I'm very excited about that. I am really, really excited to spend your birthday with you, which is going to be My non-birthday birthday. birthday. Your non-birthday birthday for those listening at home that are part of that group chat. Surprise, it's for Rad's (laughs) birthday. (laughs) I will be talking about what cake I'll be making in the group chat uh, really, really soon. Okay. I'm on cake. I'm on cake, Judy. I'm absolutely on Stop cake. Judy. It. It's like my favorite thing. Okay, enough about me. Now, what about you? What's your exciting moment of the week? Well, you did mention before that I'm a bit of a globe tro- trotter. Mm-hmm. Globe trotter. That's right. Yeah. Um, although I've not been in recent years because of some <laughs> extenuating circumstances that shall not be discussed. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandy, the pandy. I booked my first overseas holiday in two years today. I, um, as you know, Rav, have had a very stressful time at work and I was waiting for some stuff to sort of come to an end and the present to myself was booking my flights to New York. So Yay. I did that just before. I'm really excited. I'm transiting through the Philippines. Don't ask me why. I don't think Manila is on the way to JFK, but what can I say? They were really cheap business class flights. Love that. Anything for business class. Put me on a 40-hour flight if you have to, if it's going to be a cheap business class flight. It's a couple hours longer, but I just thought, you know what? This is my first overseas holiday in two years. I've worked really hard in the last two years. Yeah. And it is a really long flight. So, and I honestly, I got it for a bargain. Can you stop trying to justify your treat to yourself? You do you. You've worked really hard for this. Treat yourself. I hate it when people do this. It's like, oh, let me like justify why you want something nice. Do it. Truth be told, it was a mix of flight credits, points and cash. It wasn't like I was just like, Boom, boom, there you go. Here's like a wash of money. Yeah, I was just tap and go. I didn't even need to put my pin number through. Yeah, it was surreal to be like, oh my gosh, I can 
I can make this happen for myself. I love that. I love that for you. And I'm very excited to hear about all of your travels, but I think that's all we've got time for today. As always, thank you for all the love and support that you all show us. We would love it if you could give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts and share us with all your besties, because we love this little community that we're building. We'll be back to regular programming next episode. So we will see you in two weeks time. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.